Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hi there, it's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce, or I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way, How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one-stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast, where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Hey guys, I'm Laura Wasser. This is the Sunny Side Up Report on the Divorce Sucks podcast with my co-host... Johnny Rains. Bonjour, America. <laughs> The Sunny Side Up Report is when we review things that happen in the news, on the web, around town, regarding divorce, relationships, um, breakups, makeups, and new chapters. And today, we are dealing mostly with things involving new relationships, moving on, etc. Yes. Um, we have one article that is from Bride's guest contributor, Amy Hartstein from Brides.com. It's three tips on dealing with your partner's ex-spouse. This is always an interesting relationship that you have or don't have. Mm -hmm. And what Amy tells us is that she references Meghan Markle quite a bit. The fact that your fairy tale may not happen in your starter marriage, it may not happen until afterwards, but keep in mind that there can be extra complications if you're marrying someone who's been married before, there's a good chance you'll have to deal with an ex. Yes. She talks about in this article how... A lot of the stuff is actually in our own minds when we are worried about the ex of the person we're with. However, sometimes they can be really difficult, I think. But in Meghan Markle's case, it seems like he went quietly into the night. The first husband went quietly into the night. Right. Obviously, it's easier if you don't have kids. But this can be like a huge insecurity that people have. And, you know, most of the time you need to realize that he or she is not with his or her ex anymore by choice and that they may still have an important role in their life, but it's not the role that you are now filling, which is current and, and right now. And it's important to remember you have an ex too. You have, well, maybe. <laughs> well, the other thing that Amy says in her article is that, you know, even if it's not an ex-spouse, you've probably had somebody right. that's important to you and, and was a meaningful relationship. So, I mean, unless you're listening to this podcast, like from the break <laughs> in between, you know, lunch and fifth period. The other thing to know is, I mean, for me, this seems obvious, but I have uh, had a couple of friends who have dated widowers. Now, mm. when they're dead, mm-hmm. that's that's a whole other insecurity. Because, yeah. you know, then they always... Well, I, I Haunt just you. Saying, yes, exactly. All right, uh, moving on. And on the same, somewhat of the same topic, we've got divorced dads. Here's how to introduce your girlfriend to your kid. And this is fatherly.com. We love fatherly. Yeah, they're going to um, be on the podcast. Yes, they are. This is by Patrick Coleman. Uh, before you reveal you have a new love, you want to make sure your son or daughter or children feel confident with the relationship that they have with you. And this is something that in my practice I get asked about a lot, which is how long do I have to be dating this person before I introduce right. them to the kids? What's are there the rules on that? There's no legal rules. You can agree on stuff. Generally, the men Mental health professionals tell us that it's good to be in the relationship with the person for about six months so that your kids don't just see a revolving door of people coming in and out. That makes sense. Um, and it also it depends what age they are, how much they know, where you met this person, how long he or she's kind of been in your life. Sometimes it's a friendship that turns into mm-hmm. more, so your kids might already know the person. Um, tell us a little bit about what Patrick says. Yeah, I like where he goes in this article because he really makes it all about the kid and the relationship between the dad and the kid. And one of the quotes he has here is, don't assume the kid gets what's going on with you and your new girlfriend. He's a kid. He does not get it. So that being said, 
like you were suggesting, maybe it is better to wait until you know if this person is really going to you know, be a substantial part of your life. Right. And he says, I'm a child of divorce. And when I was about 10, I spent a summer with my dad when he went back to college. He was a young guy then and not afraid to live it up. More than once, I met strange ladies at breakfast or slept on a strange woman's couch. It wasn't ideal, but the real reason it was a bad scene wasn't the sex. It was that we weren't communicating well. Because of that, it colored our relationship. Now, again, those things don't happen quite as often today because we're so much more kind of intuitive and having so many more conversations about what's best for the kids. I can totally imagine getting like a ranting email from opposing counsel about this going on. Generally, people try to arrange their dating time or living it up time when their kids are with their ex. But if it's one of those things where your kid's with you for the whole summer, yeah, there may be a breakfast. I don't know. (laughs) Sleeping on somebody else's couch, that's a little bit uncool. They also give some good advice for dads out there. Um, Amen. And this could apply to moms as well, which is uh, making sure that no matter what, your kid knows that they are your number one priority Mm -hmm. and that this new relationship is, is secondary in a way to your relationship with your kid. Absolutely. Speaking of second relationships. Yes. I know what oh, you're yes. going to want to talk about now because I saw it online yesterday. This is super exciting. Sarah Paulson, who's one of my favorite actresses uh, from the American Horror Story series, she revealed how she and Holland Taylor started dating. Now, for those of you who don't know, Holland Taylor is 76 years old. Um, and uh, she and Sarah Paulson have been together for several years now. And they actually met, oddly enough, at a... Uh, PSA shoot and then lost touch with one another, reconnected on Twitter, and it's been, let's say, uh, what do you call it? Not wedding bells, but love and... uh who knows what else? Harmony ever since seventy six forty four. That is a that is a spring December romance if I've ever heard of one. But they are a really good example of people living their lives. They seem very very much in love, Absolutely. likely to communicate well based on what she says in this article. And um, I like them. Go, ladies. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got I'm Divorced, But I Don't Regret My Marriage, written by Emily Capiello from Pop Sugar. In this article, she talks about the positive things that she got out of her marriage in her second relationship. What I thought was interesting about this article is that she admits that when she was dating, because she married her high school sweetheart, when they were growing up together and dating, there were like red flags all over the place, and they walked down the aisle anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and she knew that, that she shouldn't get married to him. And so the advice that I took from that is when they show you who they are, believe them. Yes. And what I also like, and this is so on point with what we talk about here at Divorce Sucks and with It's Over Easy, is that, and she quotes Jennifer Aniston calling her failed marriages successes. And she says, and I truly believe she's right. Yes, my marriage ended. But in reality, going through that turned me into the woman I am today. I'm truly independent. I realized how strong and resourceful I could be when I had to be. And I began to really value my friends and family and their support in a new way. And I fell in love with a man that checks all the boxes and who brings out the best in me simply by being myself. Listen to this, folks. My divorce actually made me a happier, better person. Go divorce. Congratulations (laughs) on that divorce. And finally, the divorce registry isn't a thing, but it should be. And this comes to us from our friends at Glamour.com. Speaking of congratulations on your divorce, (laughs) people, when they split up, they lose half their stuff. And there is no, at least until this podcast today, there was no divorce registry. But I think it's something we should implement on It's Over Easy. I agree. Favorite uh, favorite quote. Instead of selecting those f***ing monogram towels, maybe this time around I'd register for a Cuisinart and a tool set. And my experiential picks would be some quality time in a pedicure chair. A lot of times when people are getting a divorce, I would imagine they just like don't want anything that reminds them of the marriage and about the time that they live with the other person. But all that stuff that you have that reminds you of your uh, ex costs money. Yep. A divorce registry could alleviate some stress by allowing women to share what kind of help they need through a financially trying time. Maybe it's help covering rent, the mortgage, car payments, or a gift card for the internet bill. Again, this is a great article, and it really does kind of lead into what we do on It's Over Easy and the index providing people with support providers, whether it's a spray tan, whether it's teeth whitening, whether it's accounting or childcare services, we have what you need. And when the divorce registry comes along, we will be sending our It's Over Easy Divorce Registry gift cards. Yes, you can <laughs> bank on 
that. That is the end of the sunny side up report. This weather can be confusing for my body. So can being perimenopausal. I'm all bundled up because it's cold, but after running around all day, going indoors and out, I realize that under my sweater, I've been sweating, but I've been able to keep it fresh and clean with coconut deodorant from Kopari. Kopari's coconut deodorant is aluminum-free, vegan, and does not contain silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, or baking soda. Whether you've got sensitive skin or just don't want a bunch of questionable ingredients on your body, Kopari's deodorant offers a cleaner option that works just as well. It's formulated with plant-based actives like sage oil and coconut oil, so you stay fresh all day. I've been using it, and I love it. I love the smell of it. I love that it doesn't make all of my black clothing white and filmy looking. And interestingly, my 13-year-old started to need to use deodorant, and because I had two, I gave him one, and he's like, Mama, it smells like coconuts. It really is totally amazing. Kopari's coconut deodorant goes on smooth, and like I said, it doesn't leave behind a sticky white residue. Along with their original coconut, scent, Kopari offers a fragrance-free version of their deodorant, plus two new scents, Beach and Gardenia, are available now. Kopari offers a deodorant subscription, so you'll never run out of deodorant again. It's shipped to you as often as you choose, automatically, for free. They also have a money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to give it a try today, and there's no reason not to eliminate that stinky, sticky smell. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash divorce to make the safe switch today, and save $5 off your first order when you subscribe. That's Kopari, K-O-P-A-R-I beauty dot com slash divorce. Koparibeauty.com slash divorce. Try it. I assure you, you will never go back. Today's episode of Divorce Sucks is about taking care of our children before, during, and after a breakup. Most people come into my office and say, my primary concern is my kids. And I say, of course. But then the problem is you kind of get sucked into doing things because you're very emotional. Don't do that to your children. Really put them first. Make it okay for them. Here are some people who are very used to seeing these situations from the inside out. At It's Over Easy, we've condensed my 20-plus years of practicing family law into an online divorce service without lawyers that parents can use not only to navigate their own divorces, but they can also find custody calendar templates there, a direct message feature in the app, and other tools and content that can help you become better co-parents. Another tool in a parent's arsenal is childcare, particularly if you work outside of the home. They can be great intermediaries, although you don't want to put them in the middle, and we'll talk about that. Every mom or dad probably has a go-to babysitter or family member turned caregiver. And on the index that it's over easy, you can find placement agencies that can help you hire nannies or a family assistant. While you're going through all of this, keep in mind that divorce and the ensuing co-parenting across different households that takes place adds another layer to the childcare discussion, which we're going to double-click on today on Divorce Sucks. Oh, and we've been paying close attention to your comments, so stay tuned to the end of this podcast when we'll read one. Might it be yours? First up is Nanny Lainey Downey. Welcome to Divorce Sucks, Lainey. Hi, thank you. Tell us how you made your way, you haven't heard this yet, listeners, but I have, from Glenn Mavis and Airdrie, Scotland, to work as a nanny in Los Angeles. Well, I came to America with my family in 82, so we had big hair. And so I think that's 37 years ago, so a long time. Um, I've nannied in Northern California, Utah, uh, New York, New Jersey, London, and now in California. So I love it. It's great. And Lainey has, I mean, she wouldn't name names, nor would I, but she has worked for some of the most dysfunctional families in in Northern and Southern California. But as, some great, too. Some, some great, too. As service providers, she and I have one thing in common, which is we really see these families and we serve them and they let us into their lives to a certain extent. And Lainey, actually, I, I never meet the kids. Lainey meets the kids. Lainey sees children and how they react to all kinds of situations as they're getting older, things with their friends, things academically, but also she has seen in several instances families that she either comes to when they're already separated or divorced or families that are actually going through it and how that transition goes with the kids. Give us some of your top tips for people who are co-parenting, Lainey, and, and more importantly, how they will benefit their children. Right. I mean, there's many things we could talk about, but a couple just that I think benefit almost all families especially if they're not babies but toddlers all the way up to teenagers is having a calendar for both parents at their home so that you can 
you know, map out and count how many days till you go to dad's house or, you know, where are you going to be next Tuesday? It just helps the kids know exactly what's going on and gives them some sort of certainty, although everything's kind of a little crazy for them. It helps a lot. Um, and I would have that place somewhere like in a kitchen, somewhere at eye level so that they can see it. Um, you could even use a whiteboard if you had to, but I feel like it's really beneficial. In terms of when people are first splitting up, what is, I mean, do they let you in on kind of the plan? Well, it depends on when you're coming in. Right. Sometimes it's already a train wreck, and right. sometimes you're with the family and they start to go through it, and then that's usually easier on the child because you're consistent. They know you. I find if, if you're coming in, you have to just check and adjust and make make different things happen. But if both parents usually have to have it set up you know, the, some sort of a bed or a space in the home. Where bed, the kid, bed is good. Having a bed is good. Well, but some <laughs> parents won't have. Maybe the, maybe the dad just moved out and he's in a hotel room right. or, you know, a studio, depending on your financial situation. As long as the kid can have some things that they can relate to, like, you know, soft toys. You could even have a backpack that could go back and forth. But don't lose the backpack. <laughs> you know, try to, if, if one of the people that you know is maybe not so great at that, try to help them prompt them do you have the backpack right. because that can where's be a nightmare the where's the backpack have, yeah. have you found that you know sometimes parents put you in the middle uh, they do but which is not good right you know it's it, that's one thing but it's also you know for the kids vent getting vented to right like don't vent to the nanny it makes it creates like a war situation if you're nice to that other parent you feel like somehow you're doing something wrong right you know so if you you want to create a good, steady, professional, professional. You know, it's very easy to vent, right? But try not to vent in the earshot of your kid or the people, even the housekeeper. If you're lucky enough to have a housekeeper, right. try to keep it professional. Vent to your friends. Right. They, don't hear. They, they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear, it. guys. And you're not it. paying them enough to listen to you. And it also causes animosity towards right. the other person. So you know they're going to be loyal to you. Right. But you have to. Same for the children. You have to pretend and sail through it and vent to your friends over wine. Is there more loyalty to the parent who's paying you? Of course. Really? Of course. <laughs> okay. Of course, because you know how. Could you not be that you look at them as your boss? Okay. So you're going to be, unless there's something wrong with you, you're going to be loyal to the person that writes your check. And so how does that affect if, if dad's writing your check, but you're working primarily for mom because she's the primary caretaker? Right. Well, you have to be professional. But I, I mean, I, I feel like you, whoever writes your check, they're the ones that you are probably going to lean towards. But you have to be a professional on it. I know some nannies that do go back and forth as long as there's a good line of communication. And again, that both parents keep them, right. respect them, and don't put them in the middle, you'll be fine. So what are your thoughts on that? If you had your druthers as a child care provider and a family was splitting up, forgetting the, the money stuff for a minute, do you think it's better for the kids to have one constant who yeah. goes back and forth? Yeah. Particularly at the beginning? It is, but that gets tricky depending on the hours because, you know, both parents might have completely different schedules. Right. And how can you work 24-7. Right. So, And that's something that I've heard you guys, you nannies, complain about in the past, which right. is they don't have enough hours for me. They want me to be available all right. the time, but they're not paying me for those right. hours. But you can, they can utilize you in other ways. You can start doing personal errands. Right. You know, d or, Some nannies don't want to do that, though. Some nannies are like, don't ask me to do light housekeeping. Don't ask me to do anything for or you. Or you don't want them to because right. they're not very good at it. <laughs> so, you know, you have to choose your battles. So, Lainey, recapping your top tips here for co-parenting. We've got a wall calendar so that they can really look right. at it and add to it and talk about it. Uh, and then I would also say, you know, discuss with your child if you if it's just starting to break up, kids are really apprehensive. They get so nervous, they get so embarrassed. Have a discussion with them so they know, do you want me to talk to your teacher about it? This is what we're going to say. What do you want to say about it? I'll talk to your friends, mom and dad, so that they don't get so embarrassed. That's really helpful also. And how much do you want to be involved with those kind of discussions that the parents have with the kids? I mean, really, I don't think it's an honest place to be involved in that unless they want your input about the child. I really think that the parents have to decide that. Okay.
And in terms of, is it good to have two bedrooms that are very similar, or is it super cool to have two very different bedrooms? I think very different because every, you know both parents are probably going to have a completely different house. That's what I find. You go to one house and it's. Well, but here's that being said, some of the rules that are set up, like if Dad lets you stay up till three in the morning, you're super crabby, and then the nanny has to deal with you. Like try to have some sort of guidelines between the both of you, so the kids not going from you know eating popcorn for dinner to having gourmet meals like you know like have some sort of consistency and usually dads are going to do what dads are going to do but along if there's some sort of a line right to help it be consistent tell us about it sounds like we're getting into this territory now some of the mistakes that people make i mean for those of you out there contemplating once you do embark upon a separation or divorce it's very important to remember three key things be kind be reasonable and be brief. Now, that doesn't mean to be brief with your kids. You should give them as much time as they need to kind of process and talk about it. But there is a line, and we've talked about this on the show before, that you don't want to cross. They don't need to know why. All they need to know is that it didn't have to do with them, that you both will still love them. And again, don't burn bridges, especially if you have kids with the person that you're divorcing or breaking up with. He or she is going to be your co-parent throughout this. So don't burn bridges with them or their family members or their friends, and don't Don't say things that you're going to regret later to them or within earshot of your children. Also, we know nobody's perfect. And for you, Lainey is here to shed some light on the mistakes we see parents make. And hopefully hearing these horror stories will help you avoid the blundering faux pas that some of her employers or friends' employers have made. Tell us. Well... I mean, one big thing is don't try to buy your kids' affection. They just want time. They want to know. They want reassurance that everything's going to be okay. They don't need to sleep in your bed every night because you can never get them out. I know so many families that have gotten them slowly onto the floor in a sleeping bag, and they're slowly working them out the room. It can take years. Just don't fall into that trap unless they're sick. Right. They have no business being in your bed. Right. What about this concept of the family bed that we hear about all the time? I mean, some people just do that anyway. Right. I never, in all my years of nannying, it ends up being such a pain. You right. can't get them out of the bed right. when you do want that. And they're like 10 years old and they're still wanting to sleep in your bed and there's no space. Right. You're like, get out. Right, because they're big. They're, they're big smelly. And you, and you probably got a dog on your bed, so by the, there's no space for you. It's like, get out of the bed, get in your own bed. And I can totally imagine that, you know, some people would feel once their spouse is no longer in the bed, with them. It's kind of nice to have another little creature in there, but don't get sucked in. Don't get sucked Um, in. To define the family bed is what I have read and heard that a lot of families do where everyone's in the bed. Mom can begin. Saturday morning. Great. Fine. For an hour. But bye. But like these are people who have decided that it is best for their family makeup that everyone's going to sleep in the bed. And it starts when the kids are little and mom can just kind of roll over and breastfeed. No judgment, but I'm imagining it doesn't make the nanny's job very simple. Well, no, because when mom and dad go out to a late dinner, you have to put the kids to bed. Where are they going to go to bed? Right. It becomes, I'm not going in the bed with them, so (laughs) it becomes an issue. Right. They have to be comfortable. And what's wrong with your bed? Like, they have these most glamorous bedrooms set up that they never use. They never use. Yeah, they're not This is ringing rather true. (laughs) Um, Okay. Our next guest is Sarah Thigpen, Vice President and Placement Counselor at Town & Country Staffing in Northern California, which specializes in managing and matching domestic staff in positions across the Bay Area. Sarah's realm is San Francisco and the East Bay, and she's joining us today by telephone to talk us through how it works when you're getting divorced and you need to hire childcare. Welcome, Sarah, to Divorce Sucks. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for including me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about the role childcare has when you're divorcing. Well, I mean, as you've already been chatting about, um, it's really a critical anchor for the children um, to have a stable childcare provider, someone that they can trust, that they know ideally already before the separation and divorce takes place, who can be a soft place for the children to land and know that they have one stable person that's not going to be changing or moving houses or moving beds, taking clothes out of closets, that sort of thing. It creates a real comfort space for those children when they're going through the transition with their parents. And we've 
discussed a little bit with Lainey Downey, the, the boundaries that are necessary to have, you know, between parents and nannies in terms of what's going on during this transition. As a placement agency, do you guys have boundaries just in terms of if somebody calls and says, look, Sarah, you're placing with this family and they've been great in terms of the emotional boundaries and what's what's appropriate in terms of discussing with the kids, etc. But they're really asking me to do a lot of stuff here that I don't believe was in the job description. How does that work? And what generally is in a job description for a nanny through your agency? Well, we have most of the candidates that we work, most of the nannies that we work with are what we also call family assistants, where they're really there to support the whole family and Mm -hmm. the whole household. They're not a housekeeper, but they really are kind of like a wife for the mom, in essence. And when we say that, usually moms kind of giggle or they cry because they desperately <laughs> need that. Right. And um, and so the role um, can be anything from child care, which is kind of usually the core part of their job, but also includes, you know, keeping the kitchen tidy, unloading the dishwasher, wiping down the counters, doing family laundry, doing meal prep and cooking, running errands, doing Target runs, Costco runs, ordering things online, that sort of thing. So they really do become a critical part the family and and you know kind of the again you know the the, the clog or the the part that keeps the the household running especially when parents are managing you know a tumultuous emotional separation and do you place as frequently for dads you said the wife of the mom but i have to imagine a lot of times what ends up happening is that once the dad needs childcare for his custodial time he will say god i really need a, a wife so to speak a wife for the dad yeah Yes, absolutely, for both. And and it can be very challenging because of custody schedules to find people who can support them in the hours that they have the children. Uh So we're often working with families and parents, individual parents, to be creative about how to create schedules that will be appealing to nannies Uh um, so that they can um, be a stable employee. You know, what you don't want to do is have someone come in and say, I think I can do three afternoons, and then realize they can't really survive on that amount of income. So we often have to encourage clients to increase those hours to full days, for instance, and have that nanny take care of the children in the afternoons, but also help with the family assistant duties while the children are at school, for instance. And then the parent gets the stable, committed nanny working for them, hopefully for at least a couple of years. And do you have situations, as Lanny and I were discussing, which are one nanny going back and forth between the two homes? Yes. In fact, we've recently placed a situation like that. And it, it, it is a little unusual. Not every nanny is inclined to take on a position, a new position like that, because they're cautious about, you know, parents who may not be very friendly and cordial with each other. However, we also find that there are a good number of nannies who tend to be drawn to those jobs because they're children of divorce themselves. Mm. And and they're drawn to helping those children go through what they've gone through in the past. So they do tend to, you know, there are some people who will be drawn to those jobs. And as, we just encourage people to be as transparent as possible about how the, the parent relationship is. Is it, you know, is it amicable? Is it not amicable? As long as we're screening for what the truth is, you know, we can say to a nanny, this is a job that would be between the two parents' households. Um, they do get along quite well from what they've shared with us. They're going to be interviewing you together. They're going to be employing you together. Um, or vice versa. If it's not an amicable relationship, we try to be equally transparent with the nannies when we're screening them for those families just to make sure that the nannies are kind of, you know, as honestly prepared for an interview as possible about what they might be getting into. Have, have you ever been in a situation, Sarah, where one parent has said, my ex hired this nanny, I don't like her, I don't want her to continue working here, and I'm now putting you, the agency, on notice. I mean, that also can happen. You know, Is that something that you guys get involved with? Do you immediately terminate her working for that family, or how does that work? No, the families, with our agency, the families are the employers themselves, so mm-hmm. it's up to the parents as to whether they continue to employ them. Certainly, there have been situations where we've had to counsel parents through you know, one parent or the other not caring for the nanny. And mm-hmm. and really, then it just becomes a counseling call and really trying to help them understand, you know, what are the frustrations or issues that either parent is having with that person and seeing if we can help resolve them. Again, really keeping in mind what's in the best interest of the children. Right. And so, so to, the, to that end, tell us, I mean, tell us some of the tips that you're aware of for co-parents of how we can better employ somebody that is a family assistant to us, how we can better communicate. I mean, I say so often on the show that we have so many great tech things that we now can use to communicate as parents together. How do we loop childcare into that mix? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think one of the most important things is that 
the nanny is equally communicative to both parents about any observations they have around the children's kind of mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Not so much on the day-to-day logistics, so if she's working for mom on Monday, she doesn't need to particularly include dad in um, the soccer pickup information. However, the nanny often is privy to information that the children may share with her about you know, how they're feeling about things. And I think it's the nanny's obligation to be communicating that to both parents equally, regardless of how much time she spends at either one of the houses. So emailing and setting up conversations where she's speaking live with both parents is a hard thing to do for nannies. They tend to be children people rather than adult people. So they tend to shy away from that. But we really encourage nannies to be brave about speaking to both parents about their charges and what's you know, what they're going through. And then also just trying to encourage both parents to have consistent rules at at both houses is really super critical. It's very hard for a nanny and even, of course, more importantly, hard for children when there are two sets of rules about bedtimes or, you know, screen time or sweets at mom's house or dad's house. It can really, you know, make it confusing, extra confusing for the children. So sometimes the nanny has to play that role of, hey, you know, we need to all get on the same page about screen time. I mean, Lainey, Lainey, was just talking about that. And I know because she does tend to work with kids that are a little bit older, sometimes she has to be the enforcer. And it is really difficult because not only is it hard on the surface just to get the kids to do what you want them to do, but when the parents are opposed, I mean, really, really parents, be on the same page. Your nanny is your greatest friend in these situations. Make sure that she or he, because there are some male nannies, really feels your appreciation, feels your respect. Um, Lainey, tell us a little bit about if you've had a situation where something like that's happened and you're trying to kind of enforce what you know to be or you think to be the rule. I know you've had situations with, you know, potty training, with bottling, with what kids eat at certain homes, screen time, as you said. Yeah, it can it can be that can be, you know, you're just trying to do your job and have it be beneficial to the children or child. And a lot of times there'll be one parent that will absolutely just not be on board and want to do their own thing. And you just have to work with them and also with the other parent and help them realize it's for the benefit of the child. You're not trying to impose anything on them, but sometimes... I think they think you are and that, you know, they don't want you to tell them what to do, but they're not getting it's for the benefit of the child to be consistent with both households. I, I don't care if, if you want to let them stay up till three, if that works out for everyone. But usually then I get to see the child who's tired and cranky and there's a result. You know, they don't do well at school or anything else. Are you in favor of using like tech in terms of texting or schedules and all that just to keep everyone on the same page? Less FaceTime, less, you know, problems or confusion. Yeah. Other things that you can think of that have kind of happened with kids, particularly, again, kids, if they're going through a divorce, are generally going to act out a little bit more, not necessarily in the same ways that adults will. So you, you guys are right there in the field seeing that. And I'm sure that sometimes the kids really use you as the confidant. I mean, they do. They tell you a lot of things but I think a lot of times when your child is upset if they're being overindulged by another one of the parents it becomes so hard trying to get the homework done or anything else because they'll start crying and they'll just shut down and say I want to talk to dad right and if dad backs them up then you there's no homework getting done it's a problem so everyone really needs to for the sake of the child get on the same page work out the differences figure out a a routine that's going to work for you and try to stick to it you know the the routine is so important it helps everything flow and everybody's happy. And kids really do. All of our mental health providers, and I can tell you, I mean, I've only had experience with two kids. They like the consistency. My kids ask me now, you know, what's the plan for the week? What's happening? We have one of the calendars that Lainey mentioned downstairs in our house, but really they want to know, and it's anxiety producing for a kid not to know what's going on, whether his or her parents are getting divorced or not. If you have that plan every week, if there is a certain degree of consistency, they will, I believe, be, you know, more well-adjusted human beings. Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. If you like my show, you're going to love Mama Said with Jamie Siegler and Jenna Paris on the new Lady Gang Network on Podcast One. 
Join actress Jamie Lynn Siegler and musician Jenna Paris as they use their experience in motherhood to help you confess your mommy sins, realize you're not alone, and feel like you're killing the mommy game. Download Mama Said every Wednesday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Divorce sucks is not just a hashtag. It's true most of the time, and that's the name of our podcast. I'm your host, Laura Wasser. I'm a working mom with two jobs outside the home, and I rely on childcare so that I can juggle it all, nine to five, nine to nine, whatever the case may be. One of my jobs is practicing law, and the other is running our online divorce website called It's Over Easy. As an attorney, I encourage people to remember that their divorce is a business transaction, and like your divorce, hiring someone to assist your family with childcare should be handled with professionalism. Next up to join our conversation about the unique childcare needs and challenges divorcing and divorced families should consider is world-renowned nanny to the stars, Ms. Marva Sogrim. She's the creator of MarvelousBabies.com, which helps moms embrace motherhood by providing free tips on baby care, baby food recipes, parenting tips, and a host of other important information for moms and dads. Marva, welcome to Divorce Sucks. Oh, thank you so much, Laura, for having me. You just got back from quite a bit of travel, huh? <laughs> yes, six Tell weeks. Tell us where you were. Six weeks, um, you know, 24-7. I was in the English countryside, mm-hmm. then L.A., Miami, just got back from Barbados. Oh, my goodness. So it sounds like a lot of fun, but is it traveling is. with families with, with babies? First of all, tell us how old your charges were, to, so to speak, the kids that you were nannying. All, you know, I always do um, newborns. Mm-hmm. And this particular family, I took care of the first um, boy when he was born. Mm-hmm. And his nanny had to go back to England. So I ended up with, you know, both children. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, the baby is eight eight months now. Wow. Yeah. So, so I've been with them. when Johnny was first putting this show together, because yes. I think it's so important, and I, I yeah. mean, it's interesting. I literally am friendly with and speak to almost all of the placement agencies in Los Angeles, familiar with all of you guys because of what I do. Yes. Generally, we have to find help for one or both of the parents. Yes. And I know, again, from personal and professional experience, how important child care providers are for families who are divorcing. You guys really can be the glue. You can be the consistent for the kids. But I said to Johnny, well, Marva does babies. Like, what, why do you need it for a baby? And Johnny, who has no kids, interestingly, but is so wise beyond his years and, and parenting abilities, said, well, because that's who's going to really set the foundation for how this family is going to be. If you have a baby and you're splitting up, you need somebody that's going to come in and say, here's how we're going to do the sleep training. Here's how this child's going to eat. Here's how we're going to do scheduling. Here's how we're all going to stay on the same page. Do you agree? Is that is that what happens, or is that what you try to get to happen? Yeah, but more importantly, when there's a divorce, a brewing, mm-hmm. I you know just talk the mom like down to be calm. Right. It's a decision that was made. You may not have made it, but it's one that got ring. made. Right. And let's focus on the child. You have to become selfless. You know, if the other person doesn't want to, you have to. You know, and as moms, I think sometimes we take on, you know, the heavy lifting of most of life stuff with our partners. And, you know, once I get in that space of calm, it's not the end of the world. It's part of your life. And you have to be strong for yes. the kids. You have to be God, strong she's for so, kids. Isn't she soothing? Very calm. It, very yeah. Calm. <laughs> yeah, the calm. <laughs> the, I'm so soothed just listening know, to Marva. I, know. So I then, want to go call my exes and just tell them everything's right. fine. I, I am, you know, my exes and I are great friends because I'm calm. Right. Yeah. I like that. So when they get into that space of realizing this is just not about me, I have this new child, uh, you know, a new life that I brought into the world with this other person and I have to take full responsibility and be accountable for my actions in this child's life. And sometimes you have to let it go much faster than you would have otherwise, you know, would have um, preferred. But letting go is a great thing and you know, I have told, you know, celebrities and, you know, um, just everyday parent, let it go. I said let it go long before Medea said it. <laughs> but 
it really helps the kids to see their parents in a good space. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. Know, and not in an acting space because kids can pick up you know, what's not um, real. They don't just can, they do. Yeah. They they just absorb it. Yes, they, they, they pick that up. So you have to, like I said, become selfless and focus on the children and focus on how we're going to move forward, you know. And you just, you know, you just try to keep their schedules the way it has been, mm-hmm. you know, because most times I would take care of a baby and you have an older brother or sister right. or, or two. So, you know, you get the older children in, in, a, in a good groove with both sides, however that works out. But make it fair for the children. It may not be fair for you as, you know, you two as adults, but you can live with that. You right. can, you know, you can wiggle yourself into into in into a good space but for children you have to be able to you know explain to them lovingly that we both love you mm-hmm. you know we may have two addresses and and the little baby is listening to all of this right you know they know then they then they're not you know they're not foolish even inside they have know. you ever been hired oh, to, oh, for yes. somebody that was getting divorced while they were pregnant definitely that must be a hot mess how does that work out uh, when you show up yeah i've had that and um when they when the, the the babies were born i went in and you know the the, the, the other parent the other parent mm-hmm. came and you know, one was in one room, and I was in the other room with the the parent who does not live at home anymore. And everything was just cal- you know calm and and good because I'm there right. as a as a a voice of a mother, a grandmother, somebody who has you know a lot of life experience. You know, and people tend to listen to what I have to say, right? Because you know when you've lived it. Yeah, you know it, right? I'm a divorcee myself. I've never had those ups and downs. I just like, okay, I have these kids, and I have to do what's right by them. And sometimes, folks, I think a little bit of objectivity. Somebody that's not right in the middle of it can come in and go, okay, I'm in the middle of it, but I'm not you in the middle of it. And here's how we're going to deal with this. They must lean on you guys tremendously. Yes, they do. And I think when you know, not meddling and not being one sided. And just, you know, like not going back and forth with what mom says or what, you know, the other parent says, you know, and not meddling, but just being a positive force in the middle of the two people. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, there's people like you to be on their side. You can't be on either side. You have to be in the middle. You know, you have to have a middle ground and letting both parents know this is not about you. Right. You know, you, you, these kids have to be raised nice and full and grounded and whole. And that must be Let's difficult, work on that. I think, either in the entertainment industry down here or the tech industry up where you are, Sarah, yes. I mean, people that have a great deal of money, I find, are often used to be told yes. And yes. so sometimes when somebody <clears throat> comes in and it has to do with their divorce, their child raising, they're not they're hearing no, which is not exactly what they're used to hearing, and they don't like it. Sarah, I wanted to ask yeah. you a question. In terms of rates and hours and how that works. I mean, if somebody's going for six weeks on a multi-state country trip, what does that look yeah. like? I mean, and I'm assuming when the either the applicant or the family comes to you, you get kind of a breakdown. Are they someone who could travel for long periods of time? Could yeah. they do 24-7? What is their experience? Tell us a little bit about what a family, again, obviously case-by-case basis for sure, would be asking for if they knew that a divorce was imminent. Do they ask for different things? Do you place them differently? Do you put someone with them that's a little bit older and wiser? How do you think in terms of placing how that works? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know that um, particularly. There's an age that makes it a better fit for any one particular situation. It's really mostly about the personality fit. Mm-hmm. I do think it's useful when they have experience having worked with a divorced family before. But 
again, sometimes those are nannies. You know, the nannies that are drawn to those jobs are gals that have been through, you know, been raised in, in divorce homes, and so they just have an extra sensitivity to it and an awareness around how to be with children who are being raised in that kind of environment. Um, so, and to your question about kind of the traveling, I mean, that you're absolutely right. It's on a on a case-by-case basis. We see families doing all sorts of different kind of plans when they have a nanny who travels extensively with them, whether it's a flat daily rate mm-hmm. for that kind of 24-7 availability, or they pay them hourly for the hours that they work, and they kind of create a schedule that's a little more set in stone, and then just pay a, a daily stipend for kind of the inconvenience of being away, but it's awfully expensive to have Ooh, a nanny travel. I didn't with know them. about that stipend. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's per <laughs> diem. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, uh, it's a wonderful luxury for families that can afford to have a nanny travel with them. I always say having a nanny travel with you is actually having a vacation rather than a trip with your children. Yes, totally true. And do you, I mean, do you usually place for more long-term? And what if I called you and said, I'm going to be traveling for six to eight weeks. Do you have someone I could take with me? Do you do the short-term stuff as well? Yeah, we do anything from a four-hour stint to a, a short-term traveling job for a month or longer and permanent placements as well for people who would like to hire a nanny for a year or two or three or five. And so do, you, do all of it. Do you guys do a background check? I don't think Lainey would pass the background yeah. check. i got to say, I'd there's pass, a nefarious pass, pass there. <laughs> I, I know yes, her pretty well. But, I mean, we I, do very thorough background checks. Got it. Criminal check, driving record check, social security scan, and reference checks, of course. So we're looking for people who have previous experience of a three to five years and references we can check. So when I had my younger son, who's now nine, we had we had a baby nurse and then after the baby nurse, we had somebody come that um, she was actually quite young. She now has her own baby. That's how long ago it was, but she was quite young and she didn't have a lot of experience. And Alex, I hope you're listening right now because she got the water to formula ratio wrong. So she was giving Jack these bottles that were like the, I mean, I can't believe the sucking power that kid must have that was they were so thick and unbelievable and he got so fat we used to call him sumo baby he was he could barely walk poor thing he was so damn fat because he was drinking like these thick milkshakes three times a day every day that we were supplementing with breast milk which he must have been like what's that thin crap you're giving me give me some give me some of my milkshakes anyway so maybe experience is a good thing although he's none the worse for wear today he's a nice slim kid all right you guys know i'm a lawyer right all three of you, yes? Yes. yes okay. Do. So I'm not sure if you are familiar with this, but when an attorney is in what we call the discovery phase of litigation, we send and receive questions, and they're called interrogatories, and they go to and from the parties and to witnesses to gather vital information relevant to the case. Good definition, Johnny. You really worked on it. <laughs> so we have our own version of these questions or interrogatories on divorce sucks, and here they are. I'm going to ask all three of you, and then we'll answer in the order you guys came on, Lainey, Sarah, Marva. Are you divorced, married, single, or happily in a relationship? Lainey. I've had all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm single, but I have been divorced. Um, I've been married, and I've been single. Okay. So, so all. And and Sarah? I am happily married 21 years. Yay, to a thick pen. I know those guys. Marva? Divorced. I am divorced and happily involved. Nice. I like it. All right. To all, what is your favorite breakup song, Lainey? Ooh, I don't. I don't know that I have a favorite. I don't. I'm a romantic, so I don't really have a breakup song. Oh. Achy breaky heart, I guess. Okay, Sarah. I, it's been so long since I've broken up with anybody, <laughs> but the one that I can remember from college is "Against All Odds" by Phil Collins. Okay, uh, I like that one. I want to be nice. Come on, ladies. By myself anymore. Oh, don't want to be. Don't want to be. That's my song. I want to be by myself. Okay. Lainey, what would you say to cheer up a client, one of the moms or dads from whom you work going through a breakup? We've heard this before. I'd say, let's go get a drink. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing the wine. Let's go. Sarah? It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Well, I I mean, I do so much counseling with these parents, so I would just say, I'm so sorry, and it must be so challenging for you to be in this situation, and I'm here for you to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. I'm a counselor, and I spend a lot of time counseling parents around what they're going through and just trying to mirror back some of the things that they've shared with me and experiences I've learned from other parents that have helped. Marva's beating the table right now. She can't wait. What would you say? 
I would pop on Let's Get Crazy and just perform the song. I think that that would be very helpful. Would you like to sing a few bars now, or do we need the instrumental? Yeah, I just, um, I don't know the lyrics. Oh. But I would be like, let's get crazy. Let's get down. Yeah. And okay. Nuts. And what about, and I think that would be very helpful, especially if Lainey was there with her bottle of wine. Right. Um, That's right. <laughs> what romantic comedy could you watch on repeat, Lainey Bell? Ooh. Um, I do like romantic comedies. Um Wow, just one with Meg Ryan. What's it called? Well, Sleepless they're all in with Seattle. Meg Ryan. Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in I love Seattle. That, I that was that. a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Sarah, love actually several times. A oh, year. so good. That. I did. I watched it this year on a plane right before Christmas. That scene where she's oh, in God. her bedroom and she opens the Joni Mitchell CD, but she realizes <laughs> oh, that the necklace crazy. was for the other bitch. <gasps> I cry every time. I know that's where my that's where my heart goes. <laughs> Marva. Oh God, I'd have to steal Love Actually. I love it too. So good. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, God. All right. I'll watch my Meg Ryan by myself then <laughs> with my wine. <laughs> Ladies, thank you all for joining us today on Divorce Sucks. Sarah, tell us how people can connect with you at Town & Country Resources. Uh, well, thank you, Laura, for having me. Well, when you're, you need a home professional or you're looking for your next job, there's a big difference between good enough and just the right match. At Town & Country Resources, we, we're dedicated to finding the one terrific match for a family assistant. Our website is tandcr.com and my email is sarah at tandcr.com but you can just google us town and country and you'll find our great website i love that okay and marva how can people connect with you um my website would be um, marvelousbabies.com as in my name m-a-r-v-a-b-a-b-i-e-s.com my instagram would be marvelousbabies Facebook, Marvelous Babies, Twitter, Marvelous Babies. And Lainey, our, well, our, only, our, only, our only single interviewee. Yeah. How can people well, connect with you? Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure and so much fun. Now I, now I love doing podcasts. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram at Lainey Downey. And it's L-A-N-E-Y-D-O-W-N-I-E. Got it. Yeah. Um, This has really, really been fantastic. I am so thankful to all of you and your wisdom. Um, Remember, regarding divorce, folks, this is someone you married. And as you go through the process and the days, weeks, and years afterwards, try to tap into the good memories. There must have been some. You jumped into bed with this person, so there must have been some. You're going to have to be dealing with him or her for the rest of your life, so figure out a way to do it before the anger and animosity starts to make your face look all haggard. Um, try to take the calm that we learned from Marva, the practical that we learned from Sarah, and the fun and sweet that we learned from Lainey and use them to your advantage. I'm Laura Wasser, and yes, divorce still sucks. However, people like what they hear on this podcast, and we are helping, I believe. Divorce Sucks got five stars on iTunes from Lee 29 who commented, Great insight for everyone who has ever been affected by divorce. I look forward to every episode. Thank you so much, Lee 29 for your review. Your reviews help us get amazing guests and sponsors, and they help us to understand what you want to hear more of on the next episodes of Divorce Sucks. So if you can take a second today, give us a quick review. We'd appreciate it so much. And maybe you'll be featured next Monday when we're back with more divorce stories right here on Divorce Sucks. Thanks for listening.